responsibility for the Jaguars. Now it's coffee. The Broncos are gonna lose today. Never, it's nothing special. Small. 49ers are biased on KD. That is a stupid idea. You're, no. If I can't take it with my team, I'll give the Colts the benefit of the doubt. Madden 21 was so bad. I'm the so last time I've my body again. Has he played? Has he started in the drive? to tell you. Tag him on Instagram. Second, in all these tantrums. I could have. Dante Foreman coming out of tech. Truly appreciate the offer. What is good, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome to episode three on the MI6 Sports Network of That One Dude 2020. We had a late start tonight, but I truly and genuinely apologize. But folks, you know, the first thing of the episode is an Isaiah roast. And again, Isaiah, this is what you're going to get for your birthday. And no, they are not Higgins diapers. But of course, I, we did find a video on the MI6 Sports Group. Of course, that was roasting Isaiah or embarrassing himself. And if Isaiah didn't record these videos, maybe he wouldn't embarrass himself as much. But Isaiah, let's get to this first one. Isaiah, you know, when they say delete it, they're most likely not going to delete it. But this next one here, ladies and gentlemen, Isaiah, what were you thinking? All right, let's go. One, two, three. Oh, shoot! Oh, no! Oh, dang it, I missed the egg! Oh! Stop it. Get some help. Isaiah, I don't know why you continuously like to embarrass yourself. But let's get into the NFL this week. This past week, the Ravens decided to release running back Mark Ingram, which truly wasn't a genuine surprise. As running backs get older, they draft younger guys. J.K. Dobbins is going to be the guy for the future for right now for the Baltimore Ravens. As we kind of preview what happened this season, I understand that Mark Ingram did not get the ball as much. I understand he's getting older. It wasn't like what he was in 2019 with the Ravens. It wasn't like he was with the Saints for multiple years back in the day at, you know what. But as we kind of see, Mark Ingram, as he got older, his numbers were just terrible with the carries that he was given. As you see against Cleveland, he had 2.9 yards per carry. Next week, okay, yeah, 6.1. But he keeps going up from 6 to 4 to 5 to 4 to 3. And at some point, he had a very decent, great career. But you know when you draft a young guy, I believe the second round by J.K. Dobbins, who I know I understand didn't play great in the playoffs this year. He is their future running back, and that is what happens. And it's reported that the Baltimore Ravens, by releasing Mark Ingram, they are going to save five million dollars, and that's exceptionally key when you have to keep do you keep Yon Kanakwe or do you resign Matthew Jordan or apologize if I pronounced his name wrong but you can't franchise tag him for the second time. You can ask NFL teams when you franchise tag a guy, how 
does that actually work? And Chrissy comes in saying she couldn't be more right. You can tell he was trying so hard not to curse. And if you look at any of these videos, Chrissy, talking about the one is, oh, my gosh, Jimmy, you could throw. Oh, my gosh, you took a darn sack. He was wide open. Are you? You know what? Exactly. That's exactly what it is. That's what makes it funny. It doesn't curse, but he embarrasses himself. Well, ladies and gentlemen, we're just going through the one division around game because I think this is exceptionally important. The Baltimore Ravens versus the Buffalo Bills. The Bills were able to defeat the Baltimore Ravens and completely demolish them here. Now, I know there's conversations about Lamar Jackson, but he hasn't improved as a passer. I know you're asking who's to blame. Is it the coaching? Is it the offensive coordinator? And while there is a lot of blame to go around, there have to look a good look in the mirror. If Lamar Jackson is your guy moving forward, obviously in 2021, moving forward, do you decide to re-sign him? Who do you get to help Lamar Jackson improve as a passer? Because I don't care what nobody says. No quarterback is exempt from passing in the playoffs, ask Josh Allen, ask Tom Brady, ask Drew Brees in the past. Tell me passing don't matter. Ask Aaron Rodgers, ask Russell Wilson, too many different NFL quarterbacks. Passing matters in the playoffs. If we kind of look at just real quick as we, I say preview, talk about just for a quick minute before we go, moving on, what did Lamar Jackson not do? Pass. So again, you look at the offensive line, and I said this before we move on. I said losing your left tackle, leave your left tackle, left guard, Marshall Yondo to retirement is going to hurt your team later on because you could have the flashiest quarterback, the running back you get, J.K. Dobbins, and the veteran in Mark Ingram, but it's going to catch up to you. Do I believe Lamar Jackson could be good? I could be, he could, but we've seen this before. When running quarterbacks have a trouble with what you call passing and accuracy, look at Michael Vick. Look at Colin Kaepernick. But my thing is, when you look at the Baltimore Ravens and the Buffalo Bills, the brighter future is for the Bills. And the Cleveland Browns, and maybe I'm crazy for saying this, that this isn't Isaiah saying this. I truly believe when you look at the AFC North, the Browns have a brighter future right now for this next year and moving forward than they do the Baltimore Ravens because at least they know their bread and butter. But ladies and gentlemen, Going to the, obviously, the NFC Championship game, Brady versus Rodgers. There was some debate on the show last night on the MI6 Sports Network. Who would you have and who is the better quarterback? Neglect what they've done in the past or how many or how little Super Bowls Roger has and neglect what Tom Brady has with his six Super Bowl rings. There's been so much debate. When he left Bill Belichick, was it all Brady? Was it all Bill? And even if... The Bucs win this game and get to the Super Bowl and win it. There's always going to be those certain type of fans that are going to say, oh, it was all on Tom Brady. Oh, it was all just on him for the success that they have for the 20 years and six Super Bowl wins and nine Super Bowl appearances. I think the argument is insane. But I would love to hear y'all's opinion in the comment section right here on the comment section below, right on the video. Who do y'all think truly, genuinely in your mind, is going to win this game. When we talk about Rodgers, when we talk about Brady, Brady knows he doesn't He doesn't have to throw for three to 400 yard, yards in this game. As you see throughout the playoffs, his completion percentage is low, but what really matters, four TDs to zero interceptions to the first three 
playoff games. I know it's nothing alarming, but the biggest thing, whether it's open the touchdowns or the completion percentage, is the zero interceptions. And that's what you're going to have to do if you give Aaron Rodgers any type of ammunition. If you give a- Aaron Rodgers any time on the field, Freddie, even though I've been very critical of Aaron Rodgers, you give him any type of time, it's over. We look at Tampa Bay and you look at the Packers. What's going to separate this team is the Packers running attack defense. We saw this last year, ladies and gentlemen, against the San Francisco 49ers. We had Raheem Mozart, who went for over 200 yards, over 30, 40 plus yards or whatever, without being tackled, without even being touched. That's been their biggest issue with the Green Bay Packers. They have Devontae Adams. They have Pascal. They have Aaron Jones. They have so many guys on the offensive side of the ball. I don't care what Freddie Henderson says. They do have playmakers. But the defense, for some reason, is not able to match the production of what Aaron Rodgers and the offense can do. We know the connection between Devontae Adams and Aaron Rodgers. But Tom Brady doesn't have to throw to three to 400 yards like Aaron Rodgers has had to do in past playoff games. Tom Brady needs to do what he did in the divisional round. Mind you, because he doesn't need to throw the ball for three to 400 yards because he got you got Miller, you got potentially Brown going to be coming back, Gronkowski. Cameron Bray, Leonard Fournette, Warner Jones, so many guys. You could just evenly distribute the football. You may not have the best completion percentage, but you know how to separate the ball. You know that you run the football, play defense, you throw some passes, but you don't have to throw these crazy deep balls. You can throw some short passes to your dual threat running backs or receivers, and you'll be good to go. But when we look at the defense for the Packers and the Bucks, none of them are the most flashy. Even though I'm very excited about Tampa Bay, I said about a year ago, they're Super Bowl contenders. The Bucs, though, have an issue with the passing attack in, in certain moments. Can you get a turnover on Aaron Rodgers early? Because I know we talk about this a lot, but with certain quarterbacks, when they get into their head mentally, they can't get out of their own head, and the game is over. When you look at Tom Brady, and Aaron Rodgers in a two-minute drill. Neglect all the what you despise about Tom Brady or what you think about Aaron Rodgers. I'll set that aside. Who would I trust in a two-minute drill or at the goal line or at the 50? My mind is going to be Tom Brady. Not because I understand Aaron Rodgers right now has the better arm, but it's not necessarily about the better arm. It's what you do with that arm. I'm going to have to pick Tampa Bay in this game. I understand there is more pressure on Aaron Rodgers and the Packers to deliver a Super Bowl. Remember, Aaron Rodgers hasn't been to Super Bowl in actually, thinking about it now, 10 years this year. Super Bowl 56, I believe, correct me if I'm wrong, y'all, in the comment section below. There's more pressure on Aaron Rodgers to win a Super Bowl. Even if Tom Brady loses this game, which I don't believe he will, Again, it's not going to be a shootout. It's not going to be like the regular season game where they demolished it, where they played great defense. Tom Brady didn't throw that many yards, but they ran the football and played great defense all around, and Rodgers got benched. It's going to be one of those games. Super Bowl, it's going to be interesting to see what the Bucs can do. But even if Tom Brady loses this game, he has six Super Bowl rings, nine Super Bowl appearances. I don't want to hear in the sports media, I don't want to hear – any single argument here, folks. 
that, oh my gosh, if Tom Brady loses this game, it was all on Bill Belichick. Bill Belichick was the master genius behind the scenes, and it simply is just not true. To me, it's 50-50, but that's another topic for another day, depending on what happens in the NFC Championship game. Believe me, it's going to be a very exciting game. But think about it. Maybe a Brady versus Mahomes Super Bowl would be an exciting one, no doubt, without a shame. There's more pressure on the Packers and Green Bay to win this game because Aaron Rodgers is considered one of the most accurate quarterbacks in the NFL. Stats show he needs to win another the Super Bowl to be considered one of the greatest. There shouldn't be any debate. Okay, let's talk about all the accolades of Aaron Rodgers, Tom Brady. There shouldn't even be a conversation. I said, neglect how what you think about both quarterbacks and your personal beliefs. Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers should not be in the same conversation. I understand Aaron Rodgers, I believe, does have a better arm. But the mental capability, I will give without a doubt to Tom Brady. You can say this and neglect the Super Bowl rings for both quarterbacks. Who are you going to trust? Who do you think had a better career? Who are you going to trust in a big moment? Mind you, Aaron Rodgers in NFC Championship games has a bad history. Has a bad rap. I believe you could ask in the division round or NFC Championship game against the Falcons a couple of years ago, ladies and gentlemen. I just don't trust Aaron Rodgers in the NFC Championship games. You could always have an excuse. Oh, it was the defense. Fine. But what about the offense? Aaron Rodgers needs to put the team on his back, and I truly do not trust him. Christy Wilson comes in saying, NFL running backs do have a short shelf life. Uh, you're 100% right, Christy. I'll have a topic on that this offseason. So Ingram's numbers going down is not a surprise. You're without a doubt, Christy, and I will have a huge topic about that, talking about Adrian Peterson and much more of those topics this off season. Christy Wilson also comes in the same. Aaron Rodgers and the Packers, mostly, because I absolutely despise Tom Brady. Again, I don't disagree with what you're saying. I'm not a Tom Brady fan, and I'm not an Aaron Rodgers fan. But if I had to pick a quarterback I trust the most, and the quarterback I bet against the most, and I bet against them many times, and I've learned my lesson the hard way, again, Super Bowl against the Falcons, the 28-3, so many different that Super Bowl against the Giants twice. I've learned my lesson. I know the greatest of Tom Brady. I'm going to pick Tom Brady, not because Tom Brady's going to do it on his own, because of the coaching, the defense, and watch out for Leonard Fournette and Ronald Jones. But watch out. Scotty Miller, could, Scott, or I believe Scott Miller could be a big factor in this game, ladies and gentlemen, I'm going to have to say 35 to 28. I'm not the best at score predictions. We're going to get it very, very soon. Going to the AFC side of things, you have the Kansas City Chiefs versus the Buffalo Bills. Now, I know the greater story is obviously with the Buffalo Bills. And mind you, correct me if I'm wrong, the Buffalo Bills have not won a Super Bowl. They were 0-4 in the late 80s to late 90s or early to mid-90s. Credit to losing twice against Chrissy Wilson's Dallas Cowboys. So imagine, folks, with all the things the crazy Bills fans have done, throwing, we're not going to say what, you can do the research on the internet yourself on YouTube, throwing stuff on the field, slamming their bodies onto chairs, doing their in tailgate, and throwing, like I said, baby on a couch, all these things, all Bills fans are so emotionally invested in your team. Having Jim Kelly and the Buffalo Bills back in the day go 0-4 in the Super Bowl. Imagine how emotional, how great that story would be. 
if the Buffalo Bills win this game and the Buffalo Bills go to the Super Bowl and win it. Now, I know I picked the Buffalo Bills to be a huge contender this year, and I do think long-term into the future, the Buffalo Bills are a threat to the Chiefs long-term. But I'm going to have to pick the Chiefs in this game. It's like what I said with Tom Brady. I've learned many, many times, folks, that I, I do not bet against Tom Brady, and I do not bet against Patrick Mahomes. I've learned my lesson. I truly and genuinely know that Patrick Mahomes is one of the greatest at his position right now in the arm that he has. I bet against him against Houston last year, against Tennessee, so many times, and against San Francisco in the Super Bowl. Remember that idea? A Super Bowl seems a long time ago, especially with Nick Mullins. Now as your one of your quarterbacks, and Josh Rosen is not the savior, I see. I don't know. What, I don't care what virgin pina colada you drink. That's not going to happen. But I think the Buffalo Bills, just they have a chance. There's no doubt. But what separates them, obviously, like, like Patrick Mahomes in his arm, the running game. Because what they've had all year, not having Zach Moss, I believe was your backup or starter for the Buffalo Bills, has hurt him. You have Devin Single, Devin or Devin, I can't pronounce his name 100% right. But he just is a guy who's there. He maybe give you a couple of carries here and there, but he's not the guy that when the passing isn't going, the quarterback can't suddenly get his rhythm, can't get the chemistry, can't get the communication. He's not that running back to put the team on his back to give you a couple of yards or to stretch out to get that touchdown. It's not a disrespect to him. I just don't feel him as a starter, and I think that's going to be one of their kryptonites in this game versus the Kansas City Chiefs. I believe Patrick Holmes will be playing this game. I think what they're doing, kind of similar to what they did after they won the Super Bowl, they want to take their time bringing Patrick Mahomes back onto the field to make sure he's as healthy as he can be. Because with that kind of arm, those type of quarterbacks don't just arm just coming and going all the time. They don't, you don't get them all the time like you could chips at a gas station. This is a special quarterback. You want to make sure he's as healthy, if not 100% as he is, to make sure they have a chance and will beat the Buffalo Bills. But I'm going to have to pick the Kansas City Chiefs to beat the Buffalo Bills. I, I do think, though, it's not going to be a game where it's like 35 to 10. It's going to be not a shootout, but watch Josh Allen and Patrick Mahomes out of the pocket in the AFC Championship game. This, without a doubt, in my opinion, is a must-watch. I understand we talk about Brady versus Rodgers, which is a big one, but maybe this is an unpopular opinion, but that's what that one do 2020 is for. Folks, I think the Buffalo Bills and the Kansas City Chiefs AFC Championship game is more exciting because the Bills haven't won a Super Bowl. They've been to four and haven't won one. How crazy and emotionally invested their fans are. Can you imagine what that story would be? But I'm going to have to pay the Kansas City Chiefs in this game. Let's say 36 to 31. Again, I'm not the best at score predictions, but we are getting it right. But Christy Wilson comes in to say, I'm picking the Chiefs, even though I do like Josh Allen and the Bills. I, I love Josh Allen. I said this back almost a while back. I was convinced of Josh Allen during a 2019 season game when he dove for the first sound. Wasn't afraid to get hit against the Minnesota Vikings. I said even before Stefan Diggs trade, folks, that they were going to win the division. People left, and now they're in the AFC Championship game. Could I imagine they would get this far? I'm Actually, I'm not surprised. 
I'm I'm being honest and forefront with y'all. That's what you're gonna get. That's what you're gonna get with the honesty on that one dude. Twenty. 20 here. But again, I paid the Kansas City Chiefs. I'm going to say 36 to 31. But again, in the NFL, you never know what can truly and genuinely happen. But we'll be right back at this quick 30 second break. What is good? What is good, ladies and gentlemen? Back at here for again the third episode of That One Dude 2020 on the MSX Sports Network. Again, we're it is promise you all from this moment forward, 11:30 p.m. Central Standard Time every single Thursday. But what I kind of wanted to bring up before we get back to more NFL talk, February 15th, 2020, I started in the sports world with my first ever podcast. Not thinking that it would, it would get ever a single view, not that it really and truly generally would not matter. Recording in the hot car right before you know the pandemic started. So, like Cal and the Siv, my guy have said so many different times this industry is cutthroat. This industry is not for everybody. This is not where you can naked pick when you feel rested, when you feel tired, when you want to put in the work been almost a year and I wouldn't trade it for anything. I've been on the MSX network just for about a month, month and a half. I can't again thank them enough for what they've done. But this is just a kind of quick preview of kind of what I used to let's say record with what the recording studio was. Then we'll come right back for more NFL talk. The other dude with John I just kinda of wanna show you my setup. It's small but it works. Kind of see a couple of notes right there. You see a couple of things we talk about grading NFL coaches, a couple of that stuff. You see a couple more notes right here, right here. Then the rest of the notes I have right here, you see on these tabs, we just look right over here. Boom. Boom. And boom. You have all this stuff right here. The point is, folks, I love what I do. You see the passion. You see the energy. We'll have an episode February 15th, 2021. That is on a Monday. Again, 11.30 a.m. 11.30 p.m. Central Standard Time. I have a video I've already made. It kind of had a couple of trailers. I was going to try and put up here before tonight, but it just wasn't able to happen. But again, thank you all for supporting us almost past year in this crazy journey. The, the meeting people, the interviewing the athlete, to interviewing multiple sports personalities but again never forget the beginnings because no matter when i make it on nfl game day or whenever it is it's going to be the same mentality that it is right now nothing is going to change it's not about the money not the not about the fame i don't care about fame i don't care about making 50 million dollars i'm not going to curse my financial blessing from god but i'm not here for the money but again thank you all so much for the support almost this last year it has been such a crazy journey but the full thing of that, February 15th, 2021, in just about a little over three weeks on a Monday, 11.30 p.m. Central Standard Time. Back to more NFL talk, ladies and gentlemen. This happened about a while 
back a couple of days ago. Josh Gordon is indefinitely suspended by the NFL for, again, I believe, substance abuse. As a Christian, as a man, I have no right to judge. But I'm coming up from a point where I think it is best for Josh Gordon to retire from the NFL. Not because I think, oh, he's doing drugs or whatever he's doing, shame on him. I think it is best for him at this point in time to really get help in whatever he's struggling with. To get the true friends around you that are not yes men, that are not there because of your money, not there because of your fame. Again, I'm not saying he has those kind of friends. I think whatever type of addiction that he has, whatever type of addiction somebody has out there, get that clean. No matter how long it takes, your health is more important, Josh Gordon, not just to me, to your, your family, to fans out there. Anyone's health is more important than playing in the NFL. Because you know what Josh Gordon used to do back in the day, 2012 and 2013, was arguably a top five, top eight receiver in the NFL before Julio Jones just barely got on the map. I'm not here to criticize him. I know what his talent could be. But I truly think at this point in time, Josh Gordon has to retire. We don't have to take my advice. I'm just that one dude here on a podcast, on a TV show, on a show. But I think the ma- the fact of the matter is your health and well-being is more important than football. And Christy Wilson has a very good point here, folks. Took the words right out of my mouth. Maybe the NFL is not the right place for him. I agree, Chrissy. I don't, Chrissy Wilson, I don't think the NFL is the right place for him. Not because he's a bad dude. I just truly and genuinely think that get the help you need. Because football, the average expected career is three to four years. The fact that you've gotten this far and that many suspensions, the fact that you're still here, despite whatever addictions, despite whatever temptations you're going through, shows you. How strong you are, Josh Gordon, as a man. Christian Wilson also says his health and well-being, exactly 100%. His health and well-being is way more important than playing football. And without a doubt, you just said exactly what I'm trying to convey. That whether Josh Gordon sees it or not, either the viewers get it or not, or the viewers see it or not. I truly hope Josh Gordon gets the help. I never want to see a story by any NFL player that unfortunately has passed away. Because that's life. We get it. I know what you did in the NFL for a short time. I know. I say I know your heart like I know you. But I believe you're a good dude. But get your help. So I would love to see you either get help, get in rehab, or whatever else you're dealing with. And then maybe be do something in the NFL. Maybe not playing on the field. Big B in that type of counter, some type of thing for players that are struggling with this. Look at Chris Carter. Look at how he how he did it. He used to play for the Eagles back in the day, folks. And of course, all those issues with what he was dealing with. And now he went to Minnesota. Did his thing with Randy Moss for a little bit. And I believe Dante Culpepper. Folks, I don't care what you're dealing with. Your health is more important, Josh Gordon. And I hope in whatever your future endeavors are, I hope. I truly hope from the bottom of my heart that you kick butt in each and everything that you do. 
I'm not here to judge whatever type of addiction, whatever type of temptation you are dealing with. But feel free, y'all, to let me know anything you have thought about in the topics we have gone through so far. But this one, this next one, is about an NFL quarterback. Folks, we've seen quarterbacks with different franchises that haven't succeeded. Some can blame the quarterback. Some can blame the system. Some can blame the coordinator or the coach or the environment or the what you so-called the false brotherhood or this false sense of winning. Deshaun Watson in the Houston, Texas, the marriage is over. And the fact is the marriage never truly got started. Counseling's not going to fix it. They're Higgins. Oh, sorry. I see. I'm just kidding. Hug his diapers. Nothing is going to fix the marriage between the Houston Texans and the Sean Watson. And folks, you could ask, well, John, or that one did 2020. What wrong? Let's go all the way back to about a year ago, folks. I tried to tell people this was going to go wrong. You traded away to Sean, I'm uh, sorry, uh, DeAndre Hopkins. You traded the, the, DeAndre Hopkins away. And then reports later were saying, Ken, this report saying, I don't have any proof, so I'm not here to say that he said or did this. But you had conversations somehow with DeAndre Hopkins or whoever you were talking with. Chris has about, I guess, his baby mamas or how many baby mamas he's he's had or been with. First of all, and you're supposed to be the leader of the team as a head coach. You traded away your best player. You're talking about guys. And you mentioned a former, what's the word? A former tight end of the New England Patriots who is no longer with us. We are, You know who I'm talking about if you're a true football fan or know the stories. You mentioned him somehow in a conversation with DeAndre Hopkins. If you don't like the type of lifestyle in terms of what he's doing, yes, we all have things we make mistakes on. I get it. But you're the at the time. You were Bill O'Brien. were the head coach of the Houston Texans. And that's how you handle it. You traded away your best player and said it was best for the team to trade away a top three receiver. Not just a top three receiver, but it showed up in the playoffs. It showed up in the regular season. You saw the evolution of Deshaun Watson. Then you get David Johnson, who hasn't truly recovered from the wrist injury. You get Brandon Cooks. You get Randall Cobb. You pay Larry Tunsil, but he's undisciplined. And now the Dolphins have all of those picks. Now, a year later, 2021, the year of, after all those trades, after all the drama with Bill O'Brien and him being fired early on in the season, going 0-4, 0-5 to begin the 2020 NFL season. Sean Watson rivers now that he wants to be gone. This shouldn't be a surprise, folks. When we look at, I think, J.J. Watt a couple of weeks ago, or about a month, month and a half ago, in a press release saying that, I'm pissed. We suck. Fans are coming, they basically, come out of their way for tailgating to watch the games on TV or in person to try to get to know us. They're spending their time in harder money, even if they don't have the highest paying job. We're not playing hard at all. We're not working our dot, dot, dot off for anything. That to me, J.J. Watt already saying that if J.J. Watt's gone, there's absolutely no chance in my genuine football opinion that Sean Watson's going to stay there. Deshaun Watson this year had a career year. He threw from almost 5,000 yards. <clears throat> no big deal. But the injury and the weapons they had, that's nah, okay, whatever. Imagine DeAndre Hopkins. It wasn't just the numbers. Why said DeAndre Hopkins and Deshaun Watson had the connection? It wasn't just the numbers, ladies and gentlemen. It is about how 
Deshaun Watson knows exactly where Hawkins is going to run. The on-the-field connection, not let's ignore the numbers, but in terms of he knows where he's going to go. He know The route-running connection is a huge thing. You saw it in big plays. So on a key second and third down, boom, who is he going to go to? DeAndre Hopkins. We see that with, um, of course, with Tom Brady and Joan Emmon back in the day. Then we saw with a lot of a few other quarterbacks, with Matt Ryan and Julio Jones. Again, I'm not talking about their whole organization. But I'm talking about just the connection between a quarterback and receiver is important. And Bill O'Brien took it away because it was the best for the team. Well, there has been some rumors, ladies and gentlemen, that there has been some teams that are willing to trade for Deshaun Watson. But let me make this clear. Whenever the Houston Texans trade DeAndre, I'm sorry, Deshaun Watson, it's not going to be in the division. Do you really, truly, and genuinely think Houston Texans are going to trade him to the Colts? No. Obviously, not to the Jaguars. No. Let's see in a year or so what the Tennessee Titans do with Ryan Tannehill. No. There's just so many questions in the AFC South. Why would they trade him to a quarterback in their own division? knowing what Deshaun Watson can do, which is why I came up with a few NFL teams, about five to six of them, or I say five, that could be potential in potential trade talks. Of course, number one is the New England Patriots. I understand that Bill Belichick and the New England Patriots had a very tough year. They have $100-plus million. They need a quarterback. They're not going after Cam. Cam's gone. Most likely. So Cam's going to be gone. You think they're going to uh, let the other guy, the backup, whatever his name is, I can't remember his name at the moment, Jared Stidham, you think he's going to be the guy? No. I think it is a good chance that New England Patriots do go after Deshaun. I say a good chance, but again, you never know with, of course, Bill Belichick and the New England Patriots. They have a lot of money. They have a decent offensive line draft a couple more guys on in terms of the receiver position or trade for guys. And this team is back in 2021. Again, this is a potential talk because if they do, and if the New England Patriots trade for Deshaun Watson, and who knows how much the Texans could get, but knowing the Texans are going to blow it. That's just what the Houston Texans do with whatever picks they get for Deshaun Watson. But Deshaun Watson goes to the New England Patriots, folks, I want to give this thought. Deshaun Watson goes to New England. How does that affect the Buffalo Bills? Does that also affect what the Miami Dolphins do with that top pick this year in the draft? Do they stay with Tua? Again, these are just hypothetical talks and questions and situations that I'm really trying to talk about. Deshaun Watson goes to New England. The AFC East could change completely. It could be a lot more competitive than it was the past 20 years. Number two, ladies and gentlemen, is Isaiah's team with the San Francisco 49ers. Again, I'm not really high on this one at all. If you were to get Deshaun Watson, somehow on some planet Earth, on some Madden game, or somehow in Madden 21, you would have to give up some way too valuable players that you should not give up. But Isaiah, no. 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 How about new? Stop it. Get some help. I don't think 
they should go to Sean Watson. Not because he isn't a great quarterback. He is a very good quarterback. But, but, Keen Slovis, no. Isaiah, no. But Chrissy Wilson just gave me a good point in a team that I just forgot. I like Deshaun Watson, but I don't want him to go with the Cowboys. And Chrissy Wilson, I'm not saying he will, but I had a hypothetical football thought the other day. I thought, what if? Again, this is just a what if situation. I have no connections, but maybe very soon with a very special guest in March. Stay tuned in for that on that one, dude, 2020. If somehow Jerry Jones and the Dallas Cowboys go after Deshaun Watson, is there a keyword? Is there a potential chance, keyword, potential chance that Sean Watson, sorry, Dak Prescott goes to the Houston Texans? Uh, I understand. I believe Dak Prescott's not under contract. What, 2016, 17, 18? Exactly. So he's good. But I'm just saying this is a hypothetical situation. What if Dak Prescott does go to the Texans and Deshaun Watson goes to the Cowboys? Again, not in a trade I just think it is an interesting hypothetical situation. Deshaun Watson going to the Cowboys and Dak Prescott going to the Texans. I like it from the Dallas point of view. Now, I understand. I would love to hear your reason, Christy Wilson. Well, is there like a particular reason? Do you not want him with the Cowboys? Is it just, just because of the cap salary? What is the reason? I would love to hear your honest and genuine opinion why you feel that way. Because that's what that one dude 2020 is about. Isaiah says, drinking a mimosa while enjoying the show. Thank you for watching the show, Isaiah, but a mimosa, that's a soccer mom drink here. Right, come on. You're going to pick any drink, not a mimosa. <laughs> Again, James Gonzalez comes in. What's up, James? Hope everything is well with you. Hope you're having a great day or great evening here. He says, Deshaun Watson should go to Miami. That's actually one of the this next team I'm just about to talk about. You read the team from my mind, man. Now, if Deshaun Watson – this is the next team I'm talking about, so let's actually get into that. If Deshaun Watson goes to the Miami Dolphins, Tua, wouldn't Tua be involved in that package? Now, this is where I said the Houston Texans are going to blow it. For Miami, this is very interesting. You have Devontae Parker, I believe. You have your one of your Gaskin at the running back position. You have Gillespie. You have those guys on defense address a little bit of the offensive line. I think out of all these teams we could think about, I think Miami would be the most interesting because now you have the ex-Patriots staff member, and this is going to be his third year with the Miami Dolphins, finishing off, I believe, 10-6 and six in 2020. Deshaun Watson. With Brian Flores, imagine the offensive connection on the field. And Chris Wilson does make a good point. I think there would be a quarterback controversy between Watson and Tua. Well, of course, because Tua would know if somehow Deshaun Watson came to the Miami Dolphins, he's not the guy. Deshaun Watson has proved he is not beyond a starting quarterback. He is elite. We don't have to keep talking about the numbers like I've said again and again and again. Deshaun Watson's a great quarterback. But I think Miami, it would be a drama field because then it would uninstill or instill non-confidence into a Tonova, kind of like we, like Kyle McCurry has talked about before, behind the scenes a little bit, with Mitchell Trubisky. Again, totally different situation here. 
But if you if you somehow trade for Deshaun Watson, Dolphins or Brian Flores, whoever's going to be watching this somehow, Tua is going to lose that confidence. And if he had some development as the quarterback in 2021, that's practically, practically gone without a doubt because that confidence is gone. James Gazzasso also comes in making a very great point. If I'm Miami, I'm getting Watson, great decision, and trading Tua ASAP for some wide receivers. Yes, because when you look at the Dolphins, I understand they got Parker. I understand they got Gillespie. But other than that, they really don't have that many options. So with Deshaun Watson's mobility, with how he is as an NFL quarterback, it would be very interesting to see what kind of receivers they would get. Now, if the Miami Dolphins get Deshaun Watson and they trade to him, does that kind of impact early on in the draft what they do with that pick? Because if they have that, I forgot what order in the 2021 draft, James and Christian, everybody that's watching, what pick do the Miami Dolphins have? Because if they get Watson, will they have to give up that pick? That would be a very interesting thing to figure out here. The next team I have, I'm not saying it's going to happen, but in terms of the amount of money or cap that they have. I'm going to say Washington, but I may retract on that one, folks, just because it's been rumored that Cam Newton may go to Washington, which makes sense. You reunite with the coach that helped you get to the Super Bowl. Have to be a Super Bowl, or sorry, an MVP, get to the Super Bowl, win the division multiple times, kind of help you develop as a man off the field, that type of connection. Why wouldn't he want to go to Washington? I thought maybe Deshaun Watson goes to Washington. I mean, yeah, I know you got Gibson. You know, you potentially still have your right guard. You got Terry McLaurin. You got another receiver. You have what you have a tight end position. You have Sprinkle, whatever his name is. You have Chase Young. Like all those guys on the defensive side of the ball, it would be very interesting. But of all of the teams we've talked about so far, I think the most interesting one, in my opinion, would be New England. Because it would be interesting to see what type of receivers they trade or draft for if the New England Patriots trade for Deshaun Watson. But the question is, or a hypothetical question or a hypothetical answer here. If they get Deshaun Watson, how much or who much would they have to give up for that elite caliber starting quarterback? Christy Wilson comes in to say, to answer your question from earlier, John, I don't think Deshaun Watson is the, is the kind of quarterback Mark McCarthy wants on the Cowboys, even though I do think he's pretty good. You may have a very good point there. Now, as a Cowboys fan, now, as you've seen kind of what Mark McCarthy has or has not done, what type of quarterback, Christy, do you think Mike McCarthy would like to have for the Dallas Cowboys in 2021, pending what happens with Dak Prescott and free agency? Again, this last one is just this last one, so just be patient with me. I say the Carolina Panthers. Folks, when the Panthers signed Teddy Bridgewater almost a year ago, I said this is great for Teddy Bridgewater, but this is not great for the Carolina Panthers. Because if it does not work out, Teddy's gone. You have to find another quarterback. You spent seven draft picks last year on the defensive side of the ball. Is Christian McCaffrey going to be healthy? Now, mind you, again, this is just interesting to think about. Deshaun Watson in one hand, Christian McCaffrey. Imagine what they, those two players, would be able to do on the field. And again, James, James just helped me with my brain fart earlier. Miami has a third and the 18th pick. 
in the first round in the upcoming draft, aka the 2021 NFL draft. Thank you, James, for that. James Gonzalez for that reminder. We look at the Panthers, him and Kirsten McCaffrey. And whatever is left of that young core with Matt Rule as the coach, Robbie Anderson, DJ Moore, what they can do in the draft, I think he'd be very interesting. But I think the best solution, in my football opinion, keyword opinion, is going to be the Patriots or the Dolphins. But you never know. In the NFL, in free agency, in the offseason, just like you did about a year ago in 2020, anything can happen. If a team is that desperate for an elite starting quarterback like Sean Watson, Sean Watson type of quarterbacks don't just come very often. So you may see some teams, I believe, that, that could be truly and genuinely desperate for an NFL quarterback here. But again, ladies and gentlemen, we will be back after a quick 30-second break. Welcome back to That One Dude 2020 on the MS6 Sports Network. Every single Thursday, 11.30 p.m. Central Standard Time. We're talking a little bit of hypothetical NFL free agency coming from articles from ESPN.com. Again, from ESPN.com. Talking about the Cleveland Browns here, folks, before we can move on to a couple of teams. Odell went down in week seven. You saw the surgeons of the Cleveland Browns. You saw what Higgins could do. Again, that's not Huggies. It's Higgins this time. I say Rashard Higgins had, I believe, a resurgence this year. I believe he was one of the last Cleveland Browns players from the two the, from the 2017 NFL season when I believe they went 0 in 16. But I think when you look at this, it's gonna be uncomfortable because you got Odell, John Dorsey came in, all those flashy guys, I mean all those drafted trades. Clearly, Odell with the Browns isn't going to work. I've admitted that. I'll admit it now live on air. But it's not about having the best players, folks, on paper. Paper doesn't do anything unless it results to execution on the field. And I think if Odell came back next year, it would actually hurt the Cleveland Browns. That is not me. The Cleveland Browns or Dell Beckham Jr. is a bad player. I think he's a very good player. I think get him health, get him healthy, and see what you can get Odell before you make a mistake and decide to keep him for next year. Again, somebody comes in the comments to Bay Area Sports Scores. You say thoughts on the Eagles hiring Nick Serrani as their new head coach. I think it's a very interesting hire, but like I said, no matter who it is, I think is the most undesirable destination for a head coach. Not because of the future, because it's been reported even back in 2016. The owner wants a puppet, wants some little Pinocchio to tell him what to do. So I think it could be a very great hire, but if the owner is going to continue to do like a Jerry Jones type of thing, it's kind of 
Spriggle and Pinocchio, you do what I say, what I want you to do. You draft the guy I want you to draft, or you trade for the guy I want you to trade for, you release the guy I want you to release, that you're never going to see the type of success Nick Serena can do with the Philadelphia Eagles if the owner is going to play him like a puppet. I'm sorry, folks. This is just honest. I think it's a great hire, but the owner continues to do what he did with Doug Peterson. Mind you, I think that it would it could end up being more it could end up being ugly real quick. Isaiah Long, Isaiah Leong says at least it ain't Daniels. Well, at least it ain't Marvin Lewis, ladies and gentlemen. Here, again, going to the Pittsburgh Steelers side of this, another receiver for free agency. The Steelers, folks, don't have hardly any money. Big Ben against the cap is 42 to $44 million. Correct me on that if I'm wrong. Anybody in the, that's watching this video. 42 to $44 million in how much of the cap he's going to eat next year for Ben Roethlisberger's contract. And 21 to $22 million of that, you can't do anything. So even if Big Ben retires, you're screwed. You don't have any money. What do you do at the running back position? You have to draft a running back. What do you do with all those guys at defense side of all? Those guys, sooner or later, their contracts are going to expire. Their contracts are going to expire. Then it's going to be time to pay them. What do you do? Do you trade or release Eric Abron, who is a huge disappointment, and I released in the, of course, fantasy football here because he was a huge disappointment. So there's just so many questions. I could say truly and genuinely my heart about the Pittsburgh Steelers. But, y'all, any Steelers fan, if you were to pick Juju Smith or Ben Roethlisberger for the 2021 NFL season, who would you pick? Because, mind you, what the Steelers do very well, they draft at gray at the receiver position. Remember, they still have Chase Claypool, Dante Johnson, and James Washington. So this is not a negative side on Juju. But they already have so many great receivers. So I think in my heart to heart, what the Steelers are probably going to try and do is see what they can get for Juju. If not, he can get traded because I believe he was drafted. And correct me if I'm wrong, James or anybody that's watching. I believe he was drafted in 2018. Correct me if I'm wrong, but I believe Juju Smith was drafted in the 2018 NFL draft. But I think there's so many uncomfortable things. The Pittsburgh Steelers are going to have to do, ladies and gentlemen, because Big Ben, could he retire or could he not? But, folks, I want to get to this honest take when it comes to the Colts. Obviously, we're going to do with Philip Rivers. It's not a surprise. Philip Rivers retired. Folks, I don't know how to break this to y'all, but I'm just going to all right and say it. Philip Rivers is not a Hall of Famer. Because the logic is, if a guy throws for a bunch of passing yards and a bunch of touchdowns, then he's a Hall of Famer. But that logic, Kent Cousins is a future Hall of Famer based on that ridiculous logic where a bunch of passing yards and a bunch of touchdowns. If that's the case, then so many quarterbacks right now are in the Hall of Fame or contention for the Hall of Fame in the future. We're going to be, I believe we would be disrespecting the Hall of Fame to put Philip Rivers in. But I believe if the Hall of Fame were to induct him, it would probably be in the third round. Folks, let's be honest. Philip Rivers, in my opinion, is a fraudulent first ballot Hall of Famer. Philip Rivers is a slightly above average Kent Cousins. I will give him the credit, though. He hasn't missed a game since starting in 2006, while he was drafted in 2004. Sat about two years behind Drew Brees before he was going to go to Miami, and then went to the Saints and 
what happened with Drew Brees. And I'll give my honest thoughts here in a moment on that one dude. 2020 here. But the honesty is I give Philip Rivers credit for being for being a tough son of a gun. Because when you're in a 2007 AFC Championship game with a torn ACL, man, you torn ACL takes about a year, year and a half, potentially to be 100%, and that's not even guaranteed then, came back the next year and played. So I'll give him full credit for that. But Philip Rivers should not be a first ballot Hall of Famer. Again, you're talking about, oh, he throws for this many passing yards, so he's a Hall of Famer, or this many touchdowns. Okay, well, then say the same thing about Cousins. He's throwing for a bunch of yards, a bunch of touchdowns, but they don't consider him. So what's the difference here? When you look at the NFL, Eli Manning and Philip Rivers were drafted in, this, I believe, the same draft. Correct me if I'm wrong. I truly believe in my heart. You can tell the story of the NFL without Philip Rivers. You can say, oh, he's out changing. He had Tom Brady. He had Drew Brees. For a short time, it was Michael Vick. Peyton Manning, so many different guys. Grossman for a short time. Of course, you had Tebow for a year or two. He really couldn't get it done in the NFL. I don't want to hear no excuses. Philip Rivers is not a first ballot Hall of Famer. You can have your own opinion, and that's okay. We, I'll just, without a doubt, disagree with you. But that's the beautiful thing about sports. We can have our own opinion. We can disagree. But, folks, at the end of the day, Philip Rivers is a fraudulent Hall of Famer. What has he done? Philip Rivers, in a big moment, when we talk about quarterbacks, like I've talked about Mahomes, like I've talked about Brady, Breeze, and potentially Russell Wilson in the past, in a clutch moment, in a two-minute drill, who are you truly and generally going to trust when the game is on the line? Go 80, 90-plus yards down the field. Who are you going to trust? It's definitely not Philip Rivers. And you look perfect example. The Buffalo Bills game, and many it was his, or sorry, the whatever game. But it's interesting to see how many different opinions it is about Philip Rivers. Now, mind you, Philip Rivers is retired. So now, what happens with Jacoby Brissett? How much money do they owe Brissett? Is they going to be some dead money? Because you're not going to get really much for Brissett at all. I'm sorry, he's a little less exciting Tyrod Taylor. Both are interesting. Both are mobile. Both don't have the greatest arm. Not a lot of interceptions, but also not a lot of touchdowns. But Philip Rivers, I'm sorry, I don't think he's a Hall of Famer, in my opinion. Because he's fell short every single time. You can say, oh, he didn't have the weapons. Well, if your team was so bad, why didn't you leave? Contrast expire. So I really don't feel bad for you on that one. You had Darren Sproles, Ken Allen, Dan Thomason, one of the best running backs of all time, folks. Won the MVP in 2006. It is very rare for running back to win the NFL MVP award by themselves. Less than 13% of running backs have done that in NFL history. You couldn't win it that year. Obviously, I'll give you the 20 ACL, so I'll give you the benefit on that one. Moving forward, you had so many guys on the defense and offense side of the ball, you couldn't get it done. Phillip Rivers, who is very decent in the regular season. Has a bunch of yards, a bunch of touchdowns, but once again, an a interception in a unclutch moment. His mental capability, you can't trust. Some people are going to put him in the Hall of Fame, but I don't think at all Philip Rivers is a Hall of Famer. And at best, he's a third ballot. But again, uh, Dan Gonzalez comes in about my comment about the Pittsburgh Steelers, about Juju and Big Ben. He says, you got to get rid of Big Ben, and you're right. Because no matter what you do with Ben Roethlisberger, James, 
they're going to lose money. They're going to be in rebuild mode in potentially the next three to four years. They could have a new head coach because, again, you could talk about the record. Not having been a Super Bowl in a very long time. I get it, folks. 2012, I can't remember what it was. But leadership, they clearly don't have with this series. But without a doubt, it is time to move on to a big man like James says, just because there's a lot of history. There's a lot of emotions. There's a lot of memories. But when you think based off of emotions in an NFL game or deciding what to do with a quarterback, I think it's going to depend on what happens in March. All this could change. Everything could change. Never know. Again, Gaines um, also comes in and saying Steelers got to strike gold while they're they, with the 24th pick in the first round. You're without a doubt, Gaines. But I would love to hear your opinion. With the 24th pick in the 2021 NFL Draft, the Pittsburgh Steelers should select. Answer right there. Isaiah Leon says, am I Ryan a Hall of Famer? No. No, he's not a winner. Look at the Super Bowl. You don't get a, you don't get participation trophies. This isn't flag football. You don't have a soccer mom named Karen driving a S or a minivan. You don't get an award for t- participation, folks. This is the NFL. There is absolutely no excuses. That whole team class, Matt Ryan class. Matt Ryan is a guy, just like I said with Rivers. Okay, maybe he's a more above average, exciting Philip Rivers. But Matt Ryan is not a Hall of Famer. I say, I'm sorry. He just doesn't have that it's your it factor. So remember, Matt Ryan did go to a Super Bowl, but they also lost, I believe, in overtime. So give that there. Christian was says this, but he did not win it. Without a doubt, you are right, Chris. Christy, again, Isaiah, let's get back to your comment earlier because I'm talking about the Pittsburgh Steelers. Before we end the show here tonight, that one, dude, 2020, every single Thursday, 11.30 p.m. Central Standard Time. This is Dwayne Haskins, again, who was previously drafted by the Washington football team back in 2019 with a top pick in the – or high pick in the first round. Is he the big Ben successor? No. They only do this for one thing. It's cheap. It's not going to cost you much at all. It's going to be a Joe Flacco, Cam Newton type deal. So if it doesn't work out, you can toss him to the curb. And if it does, keep him and see what happens. But I think it would hurt them if it does work out in the next year or two with how low their cap is, and especially the cap going into 2021, is a little bit lower for each NFL team. I don't think he's the answer. I think it's just getting a guy on the roster to maybe help in a positive or negative direction of what Ben Roethlisberger could do. Is he going to retire? I would love to hear y'all's genuine opinion. Do y'all think Ben Roethlisberger is going to retire in from the NFL? Had a great career, future first ballot, Hall of Famer, I believe without a doubt, two Super Bowls. But there's one last year we're going to talk about before we end it right here. That one, dude, 2020, every single Thursday, 11.30 p.m. Central Standard Time, even when the football season is over. Dak Prescott, Chrissy, I would love for you to chime in and turn in the comment section here. With the Cowboys, with a lot of distractions, with the friend, with the Super Bowl and the AFC, an NFC championship game, I would love to hear your thoughts. Where do you think, what do you think the Dallas Cowboys are going to do 
Dak Prescott. It's like a win. It's like a lose wins or win lose situation here. I'll break it down before we end the show right here in the hour. Thank you all, all of y'all from the bottom of my heart for watching. You pay Dak Prescott potentially what he wants. Ezekiel Elliott somehow falls on the cliff. That's money against the cap. Amari Cooper, what happens with him? Michael Gallup balls out. You got CeeDee Lamb in the next three to four years. He balls out. He's going to want a contract. He got a defense. Their contract expires. So, so many things are coming. Sean Lee retires in a year or two, whenever he does. So many contracts expire. So, it is about timing. When you pay an NFL quarterback, it's about timing. Now, I understand the quarterback position is very important. But I will say, never overpay at the quarterback position. Again, I said do not overpay the quarterback position. That does not mean undervalue the quarterback position. So I'll be interested to see Christian Wilson, what Dak Prescott and what the Dallas Cowboys and Dak Prescott can get done. But if he wants potentially what it's been reported, I don't see how they're going to be able to keep him. I'll just be honest here. Do I think he's asking as much as the media is saying? No. I think the media can blow things out of proportion without a doubt. Henry Gee, what's up, man? Hope everything is well. He said, Tom Brady, undisputed GOAT, and I'm a 49ers fan. I agree. Again, I'm not a Tom Brady fan, but I agree with what you're saying here, my man. I hope you're doing well. Is that I've bet against Tom Brady so many times again and again and again. It's just like a child. You keep beating a dead horse. You're going to have to learn the hard way, and I have many, many times betting against Tom Brady. James Gonzalez comes in saying before we get to the, the end of tonight's show, that one do 2020 every single Thursday, 11.30 p.m. Central Standard Time. If Kyle Trask is still available from the Steelers pick comes up, I think I'll draft him. I'll draft him. I agree. I think it benefits the Pittsburgh Steelers to draft a quarterback than to keep Haskins if it works out. Based on their cap situation, not just this year, but moving forward. Again, thank you all so much for the support. But before we go, let's go to tonight's final thoughts. <laughs> Folks, like I've said, almost a year ago, that one dude 2020 premiered for the very first time with the first ever podcast after the New England Patriots dynasty was done. I truly, from the bottom of my heart, thank Every single one of you. This past year has been crazy, but it's been truly a blessing. But I do truly and genuinely tell you all, March is going to be a big month. Not for that one do 2020, part of that one do 2020, but for the network and big potential guests. So stay tuned in. Henry Gig comes in and saying, 49ers teams I'm attending on were loaded with Hall of Famers. I agree. Answer a question. How many Hall of Famers has Brady played with in New England? We're talking about defense or offense. That's another question. But I think we're talking about Joe Montana. He played with Jerry Rice and admitted he used gloves or glue on his gloves. But ladies and gentlemen, again, I want to thank each and every one of you tonight. Henry Gee that came in. Hope you're doing well. James Gonzalez, Christopher Wilson, Isaiah Leong. Of course, we got the Bay Area Sports Scores. Hope everybody is doing well again. Thank each and every one of you for tuning in to tonight. What we try to do on the MS6 Sports Network, no matter what our beliefs are, no matter what anything is, we can come together. But I'll leave y'all with this final thought right here. No pun intended. If any of y'all want to go in the sports industry, no matter how much you grow, never forget 
the beginnings from almost a year ago, recording in my hot car to now. Thank you all to everybody on the MI6 Sports Network for giving me a true and genuine opportunity. Thank you all so much for the support. God bless. I'll speak with you all again soon. That will do 2020 out and have a good one. For the Jaguars, it's coffee. The Broncos are going to lose today. Never. It's nothing special. Small. Boy, man, it's all bias on Katie. That is a stupid idea. You're coming now. If I can't take it when my team. I'll give the Colts the benefit of the doubt. Madden 21 was so bad. Has he played? Has he started in the drive to tell you? Tag him on Instagram. Second, and all these tantrums. I could have. Four minutes coming out of Texas. Truly appreciate y'all.